following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcasting Network. For a full list of our shows, as well as breaking sports news and engaging feature stories, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com. Okay. Just for the record, we got a sun in Phoenix, too. 52. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sunny and Phoenix podcast, a weekly podcast where we keep you up to date on everything Phoenix Suns. I am your co-host for today, David McGraw. Alongside me, the ghost of Charlie Erling, enjoying some Dolphins football, and the ever-so-dabbing Mitch Krumpetich. What's up? We've got a lot to talk about today. Some stuff went down this week. We've got a trade to talk about. We've got arena news. We've got two wins to talk about, so a lot of good stuff. Follow us on Twitter at Sunny and PHX Pod. Same thing for Instagram. Go on iTunes, leave us a five star review and a comment, and you will get a shout out on the show. Before we do that, we have iTunes reviews to give shout outs to. Now this this one's from a little bit ago, but I just saw it recently. It's from someone, some Josh Cranny. I don't know, some weird name it says the pod it's pretty good thanks i guess no that's that's from friend of the show go back and check out last week's episode friend of the show josh cranwetter uh thank you for leaving a review josh but we also have another review that comes from the phx just a fantastic review thank you so much for leaving this it warms my heart thank you adam villanueva so nice, he, he says, I'll just read what he says. I'm fairly new to the podcast world and being a Suns fan my entire life, this podcast has become my go-to for road trips and the latest in Suns news. Hands down, best Phoenix Suns podcast in the game. The great banter makes going back to past episodes and even re-listening to some very worth it. I'm always looking forward to more episodes as we endure the painful 2018-19 season. Keep up the great work, guys. Thank you so much. That's, I mean... I can't believe that. I'm like, why does anyone listen to this sometimes? <laughs> We're hey, terrible. The team is terrible. You we know. pride ourselves on banter. So We do pride ourselves on banter. <laughs> that's true. Uh, but, but Adam asks a really good question here. And we can, we can try to answer for Chuck on this since he's not here. But he says, who is everyone's favorite Suns player of this century that was never an all-star slash face of the franchise, i.e. the usuals Nash, Stat, Matrix, Booker. Any odd infatuations in past years like P.J. Tucker, Lou Amundsen? Would love to hear your guys' thoughts. So who do you have for this one, David? So this is going to be a twofer just because I'm not entirely sure if he wants, like, not all-stars in general, like never was an all-star, or just not an all-star with a team because... I love Grant Hill. I oh, will, yeah. I will praise Grant Hill forever. I have a Grant Hill Suns jersey. But he was an all-star at one point, so I'm not sure if that counts or not. So I, I want to throw out another one, and that's it's PJ. PJ Tucker. Yeah. I will always love PJ. I still wish he was on the team, even if his talents are wasted and everyone now gets to realize how good of a player he is. And how perfect of a role player in the NBA he is right now. Uh, he was leading in 
uh, scoring from the uh, corner threes for a little bit in the NBA. And he might still be doing that, but mm-hmm. there's, an, uh, there's a graphic on RNBA where they were showing the leading scorers at every position on every spot on the court. And PJ has been on the corner threes this season, like crazy dude's just great. And I miss him so much. And eventually I'm going to be getting a PJ Tucker Jersey to add to the insane Jersey collection I have. Yeah. For me, the guys I liked are kind of weird. I loved Mirza Toledovic. Yep. Um, he, he was a Bosnian. I'm not Bosnian, but Yugoslavian. So any of those guys are always like, like even though Bender's terrible, I'll always have a soft spot for him because he's from Croatia. So Mirza, the one year that we had him, I really liked that. He, he set the record for the most threes made off the bench. And that was cool. Um, and as people who have listened lately know, I had a weird infatuation with Alfred Payton. <laughs> <laughs> I even got a jersey and he played for us for like six games or whatever. I <laughs> I really, really liked Alfred Payton. I wish we would have kept him still. I mean it's not as not as important now after this trade, but I I I will always like Alfred Payton. So I, I still I still think we should have probably kept Alfred Payton, but you know, he's He's rehabbing a bit. He's been hurt on the Pelicans. And he's on a team that is more playoff bound. So that's kind of cool. But still wish we would have kept him. Would have been nice for some solid point guard minutes. Yeah. You know, to start yeah. out the season especially, where we happen to give major minutes to Kanan, that was just awful. That would have been a lot better to give to Alfred. Oh. But, yeah. If anyone listened to the podcast in the early days... You, when we would try to give someone a nickname every episode <laughs> and we had great ones like the shark pit and i don't even remember what mirza's was the great mirzanto that was uh, Mir- that was episode yeah. three i believe the great mirzanto <laughs> oh oh boy don't go back and listen to those they are not oh, good <laughs> but we we loved mirza on the podcast we wanted him back we wanted to just throw. We just wanted to throw random money at him. We loved Mears on the pod. Oh yeah, actually, and Alfred Payton too. Um, this will tell you how much I like Alfred Payton. I play a D and D campaign where I play an elf who is named Alfred Payton, and all my friends that I play with don't know anything about basketball, so they just think it's a clever name, but. I explained to them that it's a basketball player and it, it lost some of the cleverness for sure. But I still really like him. Also, check out r slash Alfred Payton's hair. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that, that was a thing. That still exists. And oh I haven't goodness. posted anything on it in a long, like, a long while. But yeah, it's uh, it's still there. Well, he shaved his hair, so you I know, know. it's not even the same. I'm thinking about taking it down, or if there's any Pelicans fans that happen to be listening to this, tweet at me or something, <laughs> <laughs> if you want to run that. Uh, okay. It's just a memorial one now, and real quick... Mm, that's not bad. Uh, we, we should just throw make a guess at Chuck's, so oh, he can yeah, tell, us that, uh, tell us that we're wrong. He, I bet he'd bring up the John Luer dunk over... Um, oh who yeah. Who was it? Demarcus Cousins in the preseason. Yep. The preseason John Lore dunk that he liked John. He Lohr. 
he ra- randomly questioned if we were going to be a playoff team that year. Yep, yep. He, yeah. That's After that one. dunk. Um, um, who else? He always, he always talks about Sweet Lou. Yeah. Lou Amundsen. Uh, so, that could be a fair guess. Maybe Markeith. No. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. He's a Marcus guy. As oh, well. oh, Marcus, yeah. Um, he'd probably say PJ as well. I bet I he'd say PJ. You know, he's a big Gerald Green fan, too. And I like He Gerald is a big Green Gerald Green. Green. That's yeah, right. I bet he'd say Gerald Green. He might say Gerald Green. Gerald Green's a good one. Yeah. That random year with him was... Yeah, but... Brandon Knight. He'd probably say Brandon Knight. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't. <laughs> it wasn't for Alfred. Yeah. All right. Anyway, let's talk about this arena. So the whole deal here is the Suns have the second oldest arena in the league, and uh, they're looking to do a major re- renovation. The Suns are willing to give eighty million dollars towards this renovation. <clears throat> towards this renovation, excuse me, and they're asking for hundred fifty million dollars from the city of Phoenix. Uh, after doing this, it would ensure that the Suns stay in downtown Phoenix for the next 20 years, no questions asked. But the team's running into some issues with this. The city isn't just about to easily fork over $150 million for a team that has been horrible for the last four or five years. So Robert Sarver goes into this city council meeting and apparently says... If you don't give me this money, maybe I'll move the team to Las Vegas or Seattle. Now, it's not clear exactly what he said. A lot of people are saying maybe he would consider relocating. There's not even that. Then suppose, like, it's not clear whether he said that or that said that to just one member or like what really like there's not really that much it's one of those things we'll never really know what exactly was said but the whole point of this is the city of phoenix is not just going to give this much money over right away without a fight and i mean we have greta her name's greta right yeah this this son's savior legend hero Greta Rogers is her name. Yes, incredible human being. Let's just put it at that. Who goes in and just tears Sarver a new one in this city council meeting. Talks about how tight he's been. She says, what does she say? You're so tight that you squeak when you walk. Yeah. Because he won't, he refuses to bring players in. And she's tired of seeing garbage on the court night after night. I feel ya. And so people are all about what she's saying, and yeah, it's uh, it's pretty interesting what's going on here. What what do you think about this whole situation? It's so strange because then we ha- because there's even more to this, and that's randomly after that Greta video came out. There's the Suns posted a video of Robert Sarver on their Twitter. I think their Instagram too, where he did this whole quote basically saying that he's 100% committed to staying in Phoenix and uh, keeping the team right here and being in downtown and building a better practice facility. And Right. Uh, I think someone tweeted at Booker asking how the Suns pra- practice facility was and he said it was the worst in the league. Like, there's so much. Oh, so, right. I think so. I, that might be, I might be like wrong about that, but, hmm. um, this whole thing is just so, just rough. 
It's I, dramatic. Yeah, I have already dealt with a team relocating, uh, a sports team relocating. Uh, long-time listeners know that I'm a Chargers fan, a uh, San Diego Chargers fan. Moved to L.A. Uh, last year. And, uh, you know, it, re- it really changed things. And, like, I-, I jumped a little bit away from football to begin with, but it made it a lot easier. I'm still a fan of the Chargers, and that's kind of how I feel with this. I w- it'd be a lot different, though. Uh, but it- it's just, it's it's rough. And I really hope that this that this is just all some ploy and that it gets figured out, because... Yeah, it will. I think, you know, in my mind, the real concern is that the team, the arena will move to, like, Glendale or somewhere like that, which, I don't know. I don't think it makes a whole lot of sense. It's pretty cool to have Talking Stick Resort Arena, or the stick as we like to call it, right next to Chase Field. And all of that. And then have the football in Glendale and have the hockey in Glendale. That makes sense. It'd be kind of cool to have hockey downtown. But you just can't have football stadiums downtown. It's well, it's too crazy. Yeah. I mean, the talk, they just want, like, to renovate it. They don't want to, like, make right. a new thing. So, right. like, I get that. And it's a little, it's a little rough and could use some, like, new seats. Especially in some spots of the arena. Yeah. Um, it, it could use some touch-ups, but yeah, any talk of relocation just makes me nervous. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. And the, I was listening to the starters talk about this, actually, and they made a really good point. Every single NBA franchise is worth over a billion dollars. These teams generate a ton of money for these yeah. cities. And it, I was thinking about this, too, since Phoenix is one of those cities where we have so many visitors and since we sit right behind the visitors bench too, it's like we see so many fans of opposing teams that those people are coming in and they say, Oh, Hey, let's see a game against Boston or Minnesota Minnesota. or whoever. So it's that kind of thing is unique to us as well. Well, yeah. And I mean, also, you always see it, and it's annoying, but uh, L.A. games. Right. I mean, so many people drive to Phoenix just to hit up, hit up a Lakers game because yeah. it's way cheaper. For it's sure. cheaper almost to just get like good Suns tickets and drive to Phoenix and spend a night right. than it is to like go to a Lakers game half the time. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, that's that's a thing. That's, an, that's a legitimate thing that happens, and I do think that because of the long schedule and well it's tough to try and like push for that but there i think that like with sports stuff it does bring in a bunch of money and the bigger question is if we can just turn it around enough and we can get more more butts and seats for regular season games in general besides those big ones because if it's not those games i mean the miami game uh it looked a lot like it during the Dallas game, even though, you know, it was a win. Like, those scenes are just empty. Right. Well, and I do agree with people who are saying the Suns need to put a better product on the court first. I don't know when the next opportunity to apply for this renovation or for this much money would be. 
But if the city said, nope, we're not giving you this money until you can prove that you're going to generate more revenue or something like that, I, I would be okay with that just because we don't really deserve it. I have a feeling we're probably going to get it. I don't really know why. I just well, I mean, we will. even like like Fitzgerald is really pushing for like the city to do it and to take a chance on the Suns and uh, like a, there are a lot of sports people that are pushing for it. Mm-hmm. it uh, and the talk was they were trying to push it through before there was the runoff election for uh, is why they were originally trying to push it through. Okay. Um, technically, I think the opt-out is 2022 or something. Okay. Is the opt-out for the... There's a 30-year opt-out on the 40-year lease of the arena. Okay. Um, but there's just... There's so much. And denying the funding or trying to just say, like, let's try and work it out a different way is one thing. Trying to say, let's work it out a different way is one thing. Denying the funding completely is playing with fire because... But that's not going to happen. I I hope not. I hope not to. We'll see. We'll see. It's, it's interesting to see people's takes on this for sure. But let's... I think that about wraps up the arena talk. Let's talk about this trade. So we had... We had quite the... 24 hours with this trade <laughs> it was a so, mess originally i i am just trying to enjoy my life i'm sitting there and my phone starts going off i'm i'm hanging out with a bunch of great people and my phone goes off and i say oh sorry i gotta check this and i see the suns have reportedly traded trevor ariza to the wizards kelly Oubre is going to the grizzlies and the suns are getting austin rivers Wayne Selden and Dylan Brooks. Dylan yes. Brooks. Dylan Brooks. And I'm like, okay, that's not bad. That's that's a pretty good haul. So looking at that, and then all of a sudden my phone starts going off more and more and more. And I see there's some confusion as to which Brooks each team thought was being sent. The Grizzlies were under the impression it was Marshawn Brooks. Well, first, Woj, Woj keeps tweeting, oh, sorry, never mind. It's Marshawn Brooks, not Dylan Brooks. I'm like, okay, great, fine. Then Woj says, no, never mind. There's confusion. The teams don't know who they're talking about. The Suns think they're getting Dylan. The Grizzlies think they're sending Marshawn. And then some Grizzlies GM or something says, I didn't even discuss a trade with the Suns. So I don't know what the deal with that was. But after all of that, the trade didn't go through because of the Brooks confusion. But then, 24 hours-ish later, maybe a little bit less, the next morning, I see news. The Suns trade Trevor Ariza to the Wizards straight up for Austin Rivers and Kelly Oubre. great great that's awesome right that's a great haul for a guy who has half a year left on his deal that's worth 15 million dollars i wouldn't say it's a great haul i think it's an all right haul um 
there was I don't know how there was talk that we were going to be getting Dylan Brooks. That seemed like highway robbery. <laughs> Dylan Brooks is actually good. Yeah, I was excited. Wayne Selden is having a good season too. Wayne Selden is like randomly good. It kind of reminds me of Garrett Temple last year when he played for the Grizzlies. Garrett Temple came out of nowhere or was it for the Grizzlies or no, it was for uh it was either for them or Sacramento. I th- yeah. I don't remember. It yeah. was one of the, I think it was Sacramento and randomly he was playing like really good. I think he's on the Grizzlies this year. Um but yeah, no. Wayne Wayne Selden playing all right. Austin Rivers is playing like garbage. But Dylan Brooks is like actually good. So I had no idea like why that would have happened and then I realized that it didn't. Who knows what the deal with that is. Supposedly the Wizards were saying they got medical reports for Dylan Brooks. Suns were saying that they talked with the Grizzlies. Grizzlies were saying they didn't talk to the Suns. I don't know what's going on. Wizards are saying they heard Dylan Brooks. Like, there's just so much. Who knows? But regardless, Kelly Oubre, Austin Rivers, swap for Trevor Ariza straight up. No picks, no nothing. Just that. I'll take that, though. I don't know about that. I think it's good to bet on Kelly Oubre. He's 23. He is 23. He He is 23. His three-point shooting has taken a drop. Whether that... Whether that be from uh, just, you know, the general dysfunction of the Wizards or if it's a panic thing, I don't know. He is shooting like 82% from the free throw line, something like that. So I don't think his shot's broken. It is also early in the season. Three-point shots can kind of level out there. He's a good defender, can be a slasher type of guy, which, you know, these guys that can do that are what you want. You know, with a three-point shot. I'm just not sure if this is another one of those things where we end up getting Alfred and then just wa- letting him walk after the season. Yeah. Yeah, that that is interesting because Oubre is a restricted free agent after this year. Yeah. So that that will be interesting to see how that goes. And we'll we'll have to see how Josh Jackson plays too. I think that will make a pretty big impact on that decision. Well, Josh has been playing really a lot better and has been really he amping has. up it up on defense. If he's playing along another guy that's giving that defensive effort, you know, Mikhail has been putting that effort in, but he's been good. He's, he's been really good. I think that was that was definitely a push to just push for the Ariza trade was that Mikhail should just be, yeah. should just be starting. For sure. And, uh, for sure. I think another guy that'll put in effort really helps with that and will help Josh. And they'll kind of feed off of that, that bench unit of Josh, Ubre, Rashawn Holmes. You know, all of a sudden there's a lot of effort there. And that's what you yeah. want. And so. It's going to be nice. It, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I'm just not sure about his offense. Hopefully, you know that he was just had a rough start to the year and he can start to turn it around or can look to create some offense in some other ways. The big thing that I've heard is that he's just been really streaky and, you know, not very consistent this year or over his career in general. We'll see. Yeah. But uh, the Austin Rivers, Austin Rivers has been playing like garbage. He's he's not the answer there or even the play there. I really hope that Melton continues to start. Because Melton's been playing really well. Melton has been good. I am okay with Austin Rivers because we know he can shoot the three. And we need 
we always need more of that. Yeah, but like his three point shooting still been down this year. I don't remember exactly what it but is. He's, but he's he we'd all know that he has the ability to do it pretty well though. That is true, I guess. He does have the ability And he can handle the ball. He, yes, but he's averaging two assists this year. That's well one less than Ariza is averaging. Maybe passing to Devin Booker will help. Maybe. I I don't know. I'm just I'm not sold on Austin Rivers. Um, he's fine, and I'm okay with this trade because of Ubre. But the Austin Rivers part, not as much. I really hope that he just comes off the bench. We need. I think we need to keep Melton starting. Uh, I read uh, somewhere through six games in December. This was. I'm not sure. I think this was before the Timberwolves game, and possibly before the Mavs game. I'm not sure. Um, I don't. I don't remember exactly, but I think it might have been before those two games that Melton was averaging uh, 12.2 points, 5 assists, 3 rebounds, 1.3 steals, and 37% from 3. He's been good. He's been good, and I'm all in. I was really happy to see him start once Booker came back and still ha- have him running out there. I- I'm in on Melton. I'm I'm in on Melton. I think he needs to be starting still, and... Uh, I, I think that we can, you know, be competitive with him in the starting lineup. I think so, too. I like what we've seen so far. But let's get into some of these game recaps. Speaking of all of these numbers. So we had a lot of games this week. We started off with a very unfortunate 123-119 overtime loss to the, Clipper, to the Clippers. Clippers? The Clappers. The Clippers to the Clippers on Monday the 10th. This was an exciting game. The Clippers have been good this year. And we gave them a run for their money. For sure. But couldn't quite pull it out at the end even with overtime. But we saw some good things. We had DeAnthony Melton in the starting lineup. And was this the first game that he started? He started in the Miami game. Okay, okay. So... Still pretty fresh to it, though. And he had 13, 8, and 4. 8 assists, that is, 4 rebounds. DeAndre Ayton with another double-double, 20 points, 12 rebounds. Uh, Mikhail Bridges had a great game in this one with 19 points, 3 assists, 3 rebounds. But this was a tough one because TJ Warren got ejected very early on. That didn't help anything. Yeah, this was his return game. He, This was his return from injury. And, you know, especially after how we played, that could have made a difference. It could have. Um, But we luckily had some guys take over a little bit. Josh Jackson had one of his better games this season with 18 points, 8 assists, and 4 rebounds. And there was Sean Holmes with 19 points, 7 rebounds, and 2 assists. Those two are starting to work a little bit together, too, and I'm liking that. Yeah, they're, they're getting some chemistry. They've had... It's just adding more and more, and I think, you know, Josh can really feed off of energy, and Rashawn, I think that playing alongside Rashawn has helped him a ton. Yes. Uh, we also had no Devin Booker in this one from injury, and I want to talk quickly about Eliakobo. 22 minutes, 2 points, 4 assists, 2 rebounds, 1 for 5 shooting. 
two turnovers. He's been struggling. He got sent down to the D-League. Melton has been playing pretty well. So that's been that's been a little bit difficult for Akobo, unfortunately. Akobo was more of a project player. I I think we we jumped on the Akobo hype a lot. We still are like I think we still are on the Akobo hype that he's yeah. going to be a solid player, but he is transitioning still. He was transitioning to the one from the two spot. Uh, you know, try like a little bit more of a project, but with a ton of upside. He's going to he's going to come along a little slower than a guy like Melton who had really good advanced stats even though he took a year off of college basketball basically. Right. And yep. you know, showed out really well in those advanced stats and defensively and was probably was not probably but was a bit more NBA ready. Definitely. The Clippers on their side though, Tobias Harris had a huge game. He had 33 points, 8 rebounds, 3 assists. We also saw Danilo Gallinari score 25. So that is really what killed us. We also have to talk about Boban Marjanovic. He is just a joy to watch. He's just such a massive human. Yeah, he is. Uh, we've talked about Boban before on the podcast. He's great. Yeah, he, he only played 16 minutes, but he started. I love that they start him. Their other option is Marcin Gortat. Like, or they could start Montrez Harrell. They could. Center. They could start Montrez. Montrez has been playing really well this season, and he like, played a lot. Yeah, but yeah, you know, uh, Boban. He can't really play extended minutes. He just is not. He does not have the conditioning to do it. Right. But it is kind of cool that like he's still starting. I mean, the, that Clippers team is playing really well. Yeah. So. All right. I'm going to brush over this one very quickly. The Suns lost to the Spurs 111-86. to Don't watch it. It was bad. Let's talk about wins. <laughs> that was That's a scheduled loss. Well, the I mean, day... we had a tough, tough overtime game. Yeah. Without, not only without Booker, but um, Crawford was out that game, and so was Ariza. Uh, yeah. So, so after an just, overtime game going to San Antonio. That's just That's a scheduled it, it, loss even if we're completely healthy. Yeah. So whatever. No need to talk about that. Let's talk about this Dallas game. Thursday the thirteenth. We beat Dallas ninety nine to eighty nine. This was a huge surprise. This was Dirk's first game of the season too. Yep. Making him the player who has played the most seasons with a single team at 21 seasons with the Dallas Mavericks. I'm it not does seem lie. like It does seem like this is almost a season of just getting that record and that's it. Because Pretty he much. played six minutes this game. Yeah. I'm not going to lie, though. I clapped for him. Well, yeah, Dirk's great. It was pretty cool. So this was another Booker-less game. And... Pretty amazing that we still won, but it's all thanks to TJ Warren, who had 30 points, 3 assists, and 3 rebounds. That was very helpful. Jamal Crawford, possibly his best game of the season, aside from hitting the game winner against the Bucks. 17 points, 5 assists, 2 rebounds. That's always going to be helpful when you get that from Jamal. Really just kept us ahead towards the end of the game we needed offense yeah 
Mavs were pushing us and really just was able to keep us in there. He was Ariza was able to hit a three, but it was really Crawford that kind of went on this. It seemed like he just kept on scoring and keeping us ahead. Yeah, he did. Josh Jackson also continues to play well. In his 34 minutes, he had 14 points, 8 rebounds, and 3 assists. 5 for 18 shooting, so not crazy about that. But with Booker out, he is going to get some more of those shots. So Yeah. It was a yeah. rough game for DeAnthony Melton, though. 0 points, 1 assist, 1 rebound. Pretty tough, but we won, he, so it's okay. He, he's a rookie. I mean, yeah. he's a rookie. He was a second-round pick. You can't expect him to score. Yep, it's going to happen. But, yeah, I mean, this was a low-scoring kind of slugfest type game. A lot of defense. A lot of defense. Melton played really good on defense. He did. And, yeah, so for for the the Mavericks, they were led by Harrison Barnes, who had 15 points. Yeah, 15 points and four rebounds for him. Luka Doncic. Decent game, 13 points, 5 rebounds, 6 assists, whatever. He shot pretty bad, I think. 6 for 12. But well, I, it bumped well, up. It was it was a lot worse. 1 earlier. for 5 from 3, so that didn't help him at all. And 4 turnovers. The turnovers were key in this one. We grabbed a lot of 50-50 balls. We were getting our hands in the passing lines. It was nice. Well, with Melton and Bridges both out there, and, you know... Be, Josh was kind of keeping it up and stuff when he was coming in, but there's just... Melton and Bridges have a lot of length, and it seemed like they were just getting their hands on balls a lot. So... They definitely were. It was really nice, and I like I like seeing them both out there. They're, I mean, both guys are putting an effort out there. I know Melton had kind of a bad game from, you know, points, assists, rebounds, but, I mean, he, he still was there defensively. Yes, definitely. So that was a fun one. A little unexpected. Also, just so cool to see Dirk hit a shot. He only had two points. (laughs) 2.6 minutes. I had never seen Dirk play before, so this was pretty cool for me. Yeah, uh, it was just a fun game. It was very interesting to see. Uh, It was rough. It was a TNT game. Had Barkley... uh, guarantee a win for the Suns and also had some good Barkley banter about the arena stuff. Uh, yeah, always good. I, that was pretty good. I, I would watch, try and find the post game for TNT just because he had a really good kind of, he just had a really good joke about the money and stuff about getting the arena mm-hmm. redone, but had him guarantee it. Uh, Kevin McHale's rough as a sideline guy, but uh, you know, it was interesting, uh, having to listen to them as a change of pace and talk about Luka Doncic the entire time instead of listening yeah. to anything about the Suns. I'm sure. Oh, well, we won. I'll take it. We're on a two-game winning streak as of time of recording, though, so that's pretty cool. We beat Minnesota on Saturday, the 15th, 107-99. to Another unexpected win. Devin Booker came back in this one, and made an immediate impact. 28.7 assists, 7 rebounds. I can't wait for his first triple-double. <laughs> it is coming. I don't know if he's... I can, I can feel I it. I don't think he's ever going to get it with rebounds. 
I think with... I think he can. He can, yes, but I don't think so. I just think with Aiton and Rashawn Holmes playing, I just don't think that it's going to be a thing. Yeah, it'll be tough, but he can do it. I, I know that he can. He can go Westbrook it up and hunt for some rebounds. But I just... Yeah. I, I think he's only had, like, one or two games where he's had double-digit rebounds. So... Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. It, one day, maybe. But DeAndre Ayton played well in this one, too. 18 points, 12 rebounds, 2 assists, 7 for 11 shooting with a block to go along with that. And no turnovers, so that's nice. Little bit of foul trouble. He did have four. But it's interesting to see what's happening with Aiton and Holmes. They're splitting minutes almost evenly lately. Aiton played 25 in this, and Holmes played 22. But that's a three-minute difference. So pretty pretty interesting to note that. And, I mean, Holmes has been so good. Well, you know, I don't think it's the worst thing to keep Aiton's minutes under the 30s I think that I think that that has helped him helps him ease into it and play more significant I mean this one he was in foul trouble to start out the game and and I mean the Mavs game they pulled him after his fourth foul and put Rashawn in and Jamal Crawford really kind of closed out the game and they really didn't need to put Aiton back in you know we were able to kind of just stay ahead and not, we weren't like really get, getting close to where we needed Aiton in to help shoulder a little bit of like some scoring or some any of that. So I get that. And you know, this game, he would have played more minutes, but he got into foul trouble. So I, I, I'm not really, I, I don't think that's as eye popping as it seems from just kind of looking at the, looking at the raw stats. Right. That's true. But more stats very quickly here. TJ Warren, good game for him. 21, 5 rebounds, 1 assist. 8 for 19 shooting. A lot of shots for TJ. A lot of shots, but, I mean, TJ's our second best player. I'm okay with him putting up shots. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, we also It's also interesting to see here that Mikhail Bridges played 40 minutes. Yeah. He, he played a he, lot he of He played minutes. a lot. He did. He had 12 points, 5 rebounds, 2 assists. Only 4 for 12 shooting. Sometimes I do worry a little bit about his three-pointer, but he'll be okay. He's... I don't think it's that much of an issue. I mean, not all... It's tough. I know he's a 3 and D guy, but his three-point shooting has been a little low, but he's still doing so much stuff, and that three-point shot will come. His shots looks fine. He... It's not like it's broken or anything it's gonna come you know longer line a is it'll come it will it will but let's look at the minnesota side here really quick carl anthony towns with the pedestrian 28 points 12 rebounds and four assists (laughs) (laughs) he's still really good aiden did a pretty good job with him i will say but he's good and he played Pretty low minutes, too, for Thibodeau. Only 38 minutes from Towns. So <laughs> that was a, a little bit surprising to see. I expected him out for the full 48, but he did get a little bit of rest. Yeah, um, I mean, Towns really was aggressive to start out the game. And 
it got eaten in foul trouble really quickly. But uh, it was interesting. They talked they talked about the comparison between their first twenty seven games or twenty six games or whatever it was, and the stats are pretty close to identical. Like they're yeah. they're off, but they're really really close. It's about fifteen and ten. Um, uh, Aiton has I think technically a, a edge on the rebounds by like point three or something. Towns has a edge on points by point three. Like they're very close, so that's not surprising. Um, but he he really came out and was aggressive, and then it seemed like he was just settling for threes in the second half, and I'm so glad he did. Because that meant that the only guy that was scoring for Minnesota was Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose, who did have 25 points. Oh, yeah. Can still ball a little bit. Yeah, Derrick Rose, comeback king. Um, so, I'm, I'm really glad that he's, like, back and playing really well. And he had that 50-point game against Utah this this season. And it's, it's just really great. And I love Derrick Rose. It is, Rose. for sure. And for those of you who are interested in acquiring Tyus Jones, one point, one assist, and one rebound in 16 minutes, 0 for 4 from the floor. I, I mean, he doesn't he doesn't really share the floor with a non-point guard. It's either it's either Teague or Rose out there with him. So I'm I I still would take a flyer. I would still not even take a flyer. I would still trade for him or try and get him in a heartbeat. I think that he's a solid guy. He's just being forced with like to not be able to really make plays. Yeah, everyone can have a bad game too. But that's this game. I think one thing I do want to talk about in this game is that we were able to come back in the end. We weren't always up. We were down by two at halftime. And then we ended up making it an eight-point game. That's kind of nice. Especially that fourth quarter. They only scored 17 in the fourth quarter. We're, we're figuring some stuff out. Uh, it helps that, you know, Dallas and Minnesota, while middling, they're middling around 500 in the Western Conference, and that's uh, like all of the teams are, it seems like. Um, these are a lot easier the matchups than, you know, a lot of our schedule seems like it has been. And we, yeah. while Minnesota might be able to still make the playoffs and who knows what Dallas will be doing, even though they've had a pretty easy start to their schedule. Um, this is what, once we stop playing, it seems like a playoff team every night. We should, we're, we'll be able to start figuring things out a little easier, I feel like. Right, right. Well, and that leads right into the upcoming games too, because we have some non-playoff teams that we get to play. Next week, Monday, we play at the Knicks. Then we go to Boston on Wednesday. And then Saturday, we're at the Wizards. So those there's some winnable games in there. We almost beat Boston once. The Knicks are bad. The Wizards are bad. Yeah, well, um, you know, we'll have the Mark Eve Morris and Trevor Ariza revenge game, you know. Yeah, against that's the Wizards. True. And... The Wizards one will be interesting. I think we can keep it close, but we'll see. Um, Boston is tough. Who knows what they're doing, but they're good. Right. 
Right. But, uh, oh, also we we also play the Nets on Sunday the twenty third. Uh, I do not. I know that they don't have uh, Chris Levert, but I'm still scared Chris, of that Nets yeah. team. Yeah, they destroyed us, <laughs> and it was really sad. They've been playing really but, well, but this Knicks team that that's a winnable. They've had some good games. They've looked good at times. Uh, Fizdale's a good coach for the most part. Uh, they don't have Porzingis because he's still out and will be out probably most of the season. So uh, I'm all right with that. It'll be interesting to see if how the uh, center matchup goes. Ennis Canner, while not a good defensive center, he, he's all right one-on-one and has been playing really well this season. So uh, we'll see another offensive guy, a different type of offensive guy for Aiden to go up against, see if he can keep up that uh, defensive impact. There was a stat on uh, our sons about the month of December so far for Aiden, where he's basically allowing – the only person who's allowing – a lower percentage from uh percentage for, as like a center matchup is Andre Drummond. DeAndre Ayton is only allowing his matchups to shoot 38.7% against him. And that was from Sittery posted on our sons. So that's in December. Mm. So, or that's not even December. That's like a super small sample size, but uh, we can see if DeAndre can uh, keep it up. Yeah, that's, that is pretty good. But we have some good games coming up. We also have my favorite section of the show. Well, I don't know if it's my favorite, but my section of the show that I do like, the non-sports section. And I just realized we didn't discuss a non-sports question, so I'm going to come up with one off the top I'm, of my I'm head. worried about this now because I, I, should be. I realized that we did not talk about this at all. Yes, and we are recording this one a little bit late because someone on the show lost track of time, but it's it's okay. It was a good thing, and it was me, <laughs> but let's see, let's see, let's see. We got to think of something non-sports related, so I'm looking around. What do I have here? Hmm. You know, it's almost Christmas. It is the almost Christmas. The holidays are here. Hanukkah's past, maybe? Hanukkah is past. Yes, that's correct. How about, okay, how about this? What's a a Christmas present that you got, that you've gotten, you've received before? Not like the greatest one, not the most extravagant, but what's what's a Christmas gift that you've gotten that maybe you still use to this day? That's a good one. That'll that'll take some, you know, thinking for a second. You gotta think about it. You know, I I will actually no, I got this one in the bag, and it's because it's staring me right in the face. My uh, electric guitar, my my older one. Nice. It's a it's a Squire Telecaster, not a the Fender knockoff, but uh, it's black, chrome, pickguard. Uh, it served me very well. Uh, saw my garage band days as well as my just general playing and uh, that thing stays in tune like no other it is I can just pick it up and play it really doesn't go out of tune the thing is just great it has done so well for me and 
I have a hard time not just picking that up when I'm I'm grabbing one of my guitars because the thing is, it's great. It's got a really good like sound to it, even like when you plug it into an amp. And uh, yeah, I I'm gonna have that thing probably forever because un unless it nice. completely breaks in half or something. But that's a good answer. My answer is a little bit less exciting, but I got a Brita filter for Christmas <laughs> last year and. I use it pretty much every day. I got a bunch of the the fil like the extra filters, so I haven't even had to buy them because I got enough. So it's very practical. I think as I've gotten older, I mean, I still appreciate any gift that anyone gives me, obviously, but the practical ones are are always nice. So Plus, oh, I also got some nice bowls for Christmas <laughs> last year that I still use. So, but I, I think I, I got to give it to the Brita filter. I use that thing pretty much every day. I thought you were going to come out with something like randomly. You're like, I got this one thing 17 years ago, four score and 17 years ago. I could probably find something like that, but it's almost two in the morning. I, so. I feel good for grabbing something from about nine years ago i feel good about that but uh yeah that is shout good. out to your brita filter because uh i definitely use that thing like no other when i'm down there yeah it it changed my life and your life apparently too yeah all right <laughs> thank you so. all for listening we will be back next week but keep in mind that christmas eve is next monday so that might delay our schedule i don't know what it looks like yet it's really late right now so thank you for listening Thank you to everyone who has left reviews. Thank you for existing in this world. The end. Amen. Go Suns. Follow us on Twitter at Sunny and PHX Pod. Go Suns.